Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. It, it This was a crazy weekend in college football, crazy action on the field, crazy with what's going on in the coaching world. So uh, when that happens, it's only one phone call for us to make. John Bryce, who joins us now. Uh, Bryce, first of all, this was just a fantastic weekend of college football. There were so many great games. Let's just start there for the spectacle that we got to see. All right. Do you have any specific game you want to start with? Or I'm I thought assuming it was Alabama a... Auburn. Well, I, Alabama Auburn is one that we've talked about a lot today, and then Jim Harbaugh finally getting the monkey off Ooh, his back yes. in, in a snowstorm in Ann Arbor. It, it just what a beautiful ending to that game. Yeah, and the and the other neat thing is, and I think all of these games were on different networks. But yeah, you started mm-hmm. the day with yeah. Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, at noon on Fox, and it basically, or, I mean, excuse me, Michigan, Ohio State at noon on Fox, that basically transitioned you into the Iron Bowl, and then you capped your night um, on maybe ABC, I think, with the Bedlam Bowl, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, which was a fabulous game. And if you want to stay up really late, even the BYU-USC game late Saturday night, the last game of the pre-Lincoln-Riley era, was a really compelling contest, and BYU coach Kalani Satake in my opinion, is probably a top-ten coach in college football. Ooh. Well, let's get into some of these coaching moves. Again, John Bryce is on. So you brought up the pre-Lincoln-Riley era. He goes to USC. So here's my first question about this, before we even get into what might get to high pole or not. or how, Is this a lateral move? Um, from Tennessee to Oklahoma, would that be a lateral move? For Lincoln Riley from USC to from Oklahoma to USC. Oh, hell no. No, that's not a lateral move. No, <laughs> uh-uh. USC is a um, top five job in, in the in the sport, in my opinion, because every year you're going to get enough talent within a hundred mile radius of your campus to put together a roster that can compete for a college football playoff spot. Oklahoma is a great job. I'm not at all flighting Oklahoma as a job, but Oklahoma is not as good a job as USC, and there are a number of uh, factors for that. And by the way, the Oklahoma job isn't as good right now as we visit as it was six months ago before they joined the SEC. And I think you'll see um, Oklahoma have a lot of really good candidates right now for this position. I think Brent Venables is an early front runner, but I don't think it's the same group of candidates they would have had six or eight months ago if Lincoln Riley just up and left for the NFL before Oklahoma joined the SEC. So, no, it's not a lateral move. Oklahoma to USC um, is a step up for Lincoln Riley, period. The mm. reason why it's interesting when you say lateral move, I know historically USC is better, but is he getting paid more? That, that, that that's why it could become it's a lateral move. I don't the, the numbers haven't come out, but I think he was making around seven million. I, I'm not sure what what is his numbers. Do you know? Um. Well, my boss at Football Scoop, uh, the guy, the the president owner of the company, lives in Baton Rouge. is is deeply connected there. We're both fortunate to have some some contacts within the LSU community. Uh, the word there is that Lincoln Riley turned down somewhere in the neighborhood of twelve million or so a year, um, maybe on an eight year deal at LSU um, for around $100 million. So I would think that the word is that USC matched or exceeded that. Now, $12 million in California is crazy money. It's not as long as $12 million in Louisiana, yeah. but um, that's cost of living for you. So he's definitely getting a raise. He's definitely getting a huge raise uh, in pay and in profile. 
Um, but it won't be the same as if he was making $12 million at, at Oklahoma or, or LSU. And I don't think this was a move strictly about the bottom line. I think this was a move about uh, – it was a business decision about his future and his ability to win. Yeah. And you're going to have an easier time winning at USC with that homegrown talent in the Pac-12 than you're going to have at Oklahoma for the next couple of years in the Big 12 and then in the SEC, period. John Bryce uh, laying it down. All right, one one more just while we're going down this path. Yeah, so who are the targets? So yeah, who who before we get into LSU anything like that? Who are the targets for Oklahoma? This uh, Bob Stoops is leaving the broadcast booth to be the you know the coach for the bowl game. Should Tennessee fans be at all nervous that at some point th- th- some point this gets to Heupel, or is there still a frosty deal from being fired all those years ago? Yeah, I, I have enough people I trust telling me that as, as much as Heifel loves his alma mater and appreciates what he did there with Bob Stoops, that, that Bob Stoops and Josh Heifel maybe didn't part on the best of terms, that some people thought uh, Stoops might make other staff changes rather than Josh Heifel at the time, but he went with Josh Heifel and, and kind of sacrificed him early in his career. So um, And Bob Stoops still carries probably the biggest stick of anybody around the Oklahoma program. So I just don't see it going to Josh Heupel. I don't see it going that far down the list. It's not a knock on Josh Heupel. I think if not for Lane Kiffin and and Sam Pittman, Josh Heupel would be your SEC coach of the year. Um, But I just don't see it getting down to him. Here's another critically important thing to remember that I refreshed myself with today looking at his contract. If Josh Heupel leaves Tennessee before December 15, 2022, he owes $8 million. Not, oh. not December 15th, not signing day coming up here two weeks from Wednesday. Oh. December 15th, 2022. If oh, he leaves man. before then, somebody has to pay Tennessee $8 million. Mm. And, yes, Oklahoma has money, but I'm not sure that at this point in time Oklahoma wants to invest $8 million just to get Josh Heupel away from Tennessee and then have to invest crazy money to hire Josh Heupel. And, again, I would point to the fact I think Heupel – has proved to be a very brilliant offensive coach. He far exceeded most expectations for the Tennessee program this year. But we still don't know enough about Josh Heupel as a recruiter, and I think that's what everybody is kind of waiting to see before passing full judgment on what Josh Heupel can or cannot do at the University of Tennessee. John Bryce, our guest football scoop at John D. Bryce 1. You want to follow him on Twitter right now. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you about uh, Napier to uh, Florida. Is that a good fit? And I guess explain to me why it is. I think it's um, I think it's a really good fit. Uh, to be honest with you, I think that. And when I've studied Billy Napier over the past couple of cycles, and and he and I have some some really close mutual friends um, from his time. Well, first of all, he's a Tennessee native from Cookville, and then we have a bunch of mutual friends in the coaching world. Um, he's learned under Dabo Sweeney, he's learned under Nick Saban, and he learned under Jimbo Fisher for a year that just happened to be the year that Florida State won the national title uh, when Fisher was head coach at Florida State. So he's already got ties in the state. He's already got some name recognition there. And he's learned under three national championship-winning coaches that are out there right now. Maybe the only three. There's, there's a crazy stat out there about how many coaches are active going in from this season into the next that have won a national championship, and Jimbo and Nick Saban and Dabo are right at the top of that list, and Billy Napier worked for all three of them. Also, when we listened to Scott Strickland Sunday a week ago, so just eight days ago, nine days ago, he basically telegraphed in his press conference, and I I said it to some people at the time, 
that he was going after Billy Napier because he talked about developing talent, sustaining success, and also being able to recruit and develop that talent. And that's what Billy Napier has done. And he has won 39 games, a chance for a 40th win in just four years at a Louisiana Lafayette program that is not rich in heritage, but he's turned them into a nationally viable program. Um, I would think that Billy Napier is getting ready to get um, one or more assistants from the NFL ranks to join his Florida staff. Um, I think he'll put together a really good staff. I think Florida made a really good hire with a guy who understands what life in the South and life in the SEC, particularly from a football standpoint, is like, and who's been very selective and, and frankly ignored Tennessee in recent years and ignored Mississippi State or didn't take jobs at Mississippi State or Auburn or Tennessee or even South Carolina. He's been very, very selective. I, I like the hire for the Florida Gators. No doubt. Went with John Bryce with Football Scoop. I guess lastly, before we let you go, give us the laundry list of people who are, who are in or a small list uh, at LSU. Yeah, man, um, that's the crazy one to me. It's mm-hmm. um, 50 days today, guys, since they fired Ed Orgeron. 5-0, 50 days, and they still don't have a guy. We actually just finished recording a football scoop podcast, shameless plug. Um, so if guys would, if you all, your loyal listeners, would download that soon, it will be up on the site soon and all the regular platforms discussing the LSU job. Um, I think you can't rule out Mark Stoops there. You can't rule out Lane Kiffin there. Probably can't rule out Matt Campbell there, um, but I think they're going. I know they're going after um, Brian Kelly. They've made a run at Brian Kelly. So um, now Southern Cal made a run at Brian Kelly too, and Southern Cal is a little bit better job than LSU for reasons we've outlined. But I do believe from talking with people throughout the day, my boss does as well, that LSU has at least targeted Brian Kelly to make a run. Now, well, before you just do a bombshell there with Brian Kelly. All right, who do you think will get the job, and is are they on this list? Uh, look, I would have thought that they had a, a solid shot at, at Lincoln Riley, and there are some people on the Oklahoma staff who said they went into this weekend thinking they were getting ready to move to Baton Rouge. So I don't know. I don't think it's going to be Jimbo Fisher at this point. I still don't see Brian Kelly accepting LSU's entreaties. Um, but he makes about seven, maybe seven point four million or so at Notre Dame. So I would expect Notre Dame will have to pay the man to keep the man. Oh my, he's gonna get a raise. So you still got us hanging on who's gonna get the job at LSU. <laughs> I don't know that we know. I don't. I mean, I don't know that we know. I don't know that LSU knows right now. We're fifty days in, and we're seventeen days, sixteen days from the early signing period. And oh, by the way, as we've all seen today. Um, it became open market in the transfer portal. Right. So LSU needs to hire a coach yesterday. Yeah, big time for transfer portal. A lot of a lot of kids will be moving around. But to, lastly, give us a name for the big powerhouse in football, and that is Duke. <laughs> Before you go. You know, yeah, no. Listen, I think Duke um, has an, a lot of potential, a lot of upside. Uh, we saw David Cutcliffe win 10 games there in a regular season. That's yeah. been several years ago. But we saw David Cutcliffe win 10 games there. I really like Marcus Freeman, the Notre Dame defensive coordinator, to be in the mix there. I would watch Tony Elliott, the Clemson offensive coordinator, to be in the mix there. And I've had a couple of different people tell me today that Tennessee defensive coordinator Tim Banks could become a viable candidate for Duke, um, especially a year in which Banks has really elevated his stock and been named a 
a semifinalist for the Boyles Award given annually to college football's top assistant coach. Okay, we'll let you go on that note because a lot of Tennessee people just started crying. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, boys. Hope you all had great Thanksgivings, and I'm sure we'll visit again. But uh, happy holiday season to everybody. You too. You talk about stuffing the turkey full of information right there. It's eight minutes of just flat-out knowledge from John Bryce. What better way to – to check out after that, man. No doubt. Woo. Oh, man. I'm, they were nervous for Hypo, but they may lose the D.C. Gosh, okay. and he Watch dropped out. that right at the end of the show. Mm. Man, John Good Bryce with no mercy with that. They're just slipping in Tim Banks right at the end. On this beautiful Monday.